All right, we're live. Hunter Norris in the building. What's up, man? All right, so the first time, first time I met you was at Stern's gym. Uh, first impression was that you were the leanest fucking dude I'd seen since I moved here. <laughs> um, and then recently, recently we had been talking about you doing keto, which brings you to the podcast. But uh, We'll definitely be be getting into that, but yeah, man, how how are you doing? I'm How's good, life? Man. Yeah, thank you for uh, thanks for having me, brother. I uh, you know it's it's good. I'm, I'm trying to stay busy, you know, uh, with with work and everything, and then training every single day. Um, just got the uh, the certified personal trainer cert out of the way, so starting to try to get some clientele and do that uh, on the side. So really, really staying busy. Nice, man. So. Yeah, just give us a little background about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Southeast Alabama. I was born and raised there. Uh, when I was 21, I joined the Navy. Went to Great Lakes for boot camp. I spent about a year in Great Lakes. And then did some uh, some traveling to Virginia and other places for, for schools. And then eventually uh, ended up here in San Diego. I've been here since... Uh, 2013, so I'm military full time. Okay. Uh, was military always always the plan for you, or what? Uh, actually, no, no. I, I I never aspired to be in the military. I uh, I had a buddy that was living with me, um, for a little while at my parents' house, and he was a bartender, and was not making ends meet, really struggling with life, and he decided I'm going to join the military. So he actually joined the Navy. And after he graduated boot camp, he came back home and wrapped one of his schools. So uh, I got to talk to him and, and kind of see, you know, what the Navy was like hearing it from a personal friend. And uh, he kind of helped me get my feet wet before jumping into the deep end. And, you know, I got fired up about it and I uh, decided, to, decided to join up myself. Nice, nice. Um, so for people... Obviously, you guys sitting at home, you're, you don't really get to see see what Hunter looks like. But this dude, I'm telling you, this dude's walking around like shredded as fuck, three percent body fat looking. Uh, I, the first, seriously, I was like, what is this? What is this dude doing? What is this dude taking? I, it's funny because I, I kind of like immediately figured you were doing some type of keto or some something extreme because you had you had such. Um, such low body fat. Um, but yeah, we can meet, we can jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about first, I guess you could, you know, if you want to start with your fitness journey, how, 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 and when you got started and, uh, what got you all along the nutrition path that you chose to go along with? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I've always worked out in some capacity. My, my uncle, um, my uncle took me to, yeah, so the first time I ever went to a gym, I was I was 14 years old. Uh, my uncle took me. Um, this this dude was a beast, and I, I really looked up to him, um, even whenever he was in his 40s uh, when he was taking me. When I was in my young teenage years, uh, I just I always aspired to look like this guy. He was he was just a monster. Um, played college football, and I really admired him. And. Uh, as soon as he took me, I just kind of like fell in love with it. So ever since I was 14, so for 15 years now, because I'm 29, uh, I've always trained in some capacity, never, never at the capacity that I'm at now, uh, up until about two years ago, but always in, always in some sort of fashion, I've always trained. Um, it wasn't until 2018 that I started training, training in the capacity that I'm in now going every single day, uh, going with a split routine, uh, going in there with a plan, um, and actually following a program. And I think that really helped me get the results that I got. Cause I used to just go into the gym and it was, uh, I would just do kind of what was available, what I thought would, you know, was good. And what I saw everybody else doing, I ended up doing the same things over and over again. And, uh, I never really went, any, went anywhere with it. And then I got on the program I'm on now, and, and that's when the results started coming. I think, I think variety is a, a big piece um, 
and shocking the body. Uh, as far as keto goes, I started keto in 2018. And it's funny, the only reason I got on it was because my roommate at the time uh, really wanted to try it. He had a few buddies that, you know, spoke highly of it. And he told me that he wanted to get on keto. And I knew that if he was trying to do keto and I was bringing home McDonald's and ordering pizza every night, that I would mess him up. Like I, he would not stay on it. He didn't have the willpower to do it by himself. So I said, hey, bro, just to keep you accountable, I'm going to get on keto. You know, what's the worst is going to happen? And then it's funny because it ended up working really well for me and he didn't stay on it. <laughs> but 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 I stayed on keto for uh, for two years straight. I actually didn't come off of it up until about about a month ago is when I decided to transition off of it. So did you ease your way into keto? Because keto is fairly, fairly low, if not no carb, right? Yeah. So when I, when I started keto, I, I was, I was just excited about starting something new. And that's when I started tracking my, my macros every single day as well. So I just, I dove head first into it. Um, I didn't like ease into it. It was just like, I, I read up on it. You know, he already knew a lot about it and he told me things and I learned things myself and I researched it and, uh, and from the jump, you know, we just, we did it together. Like he, he would cook all the food and then we would eat and then I would do all the dishes <laughs> since we were roommates. Like that was the, the situation where it worked out and it worked, it worked, it worked really well uh, while we lived together. Um, so yeah, I just, I just jumped into it. And you saw results right away with it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It happened pretty quick. Um, you know, which is, I think some of the appeal uh, for keto, um, you know, carbs store water, glycogen is what stores water. So when you deprive your body of the carbs that it's used to getting to kind of transition, you use fat for fuel, um, water retention really isn't an issue. So a lot of the initial weight that comes off is actually just water weight. You know, you see the scale moving. Right. Um, and then uh, but most, most people do keto for like maybe, let's say anywhere from like two to six months max. Um, and I, I did it for two years because I saw such good results with it. Uh, I was, I was very skeptical for a long time to get off of it. I, I was scared. I was scared to get off of it because yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen to my body when I did. And so how long have you been, I guess, would you, would you consider where you're at now completely off of it? Yeah. 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 So I've been off of it for about a month. Um, I, and I, I didn't quit keto cold Turkey. Um, I did reverse diet out of it. So nice. every, you know, every week I would add more carbs, you know, slowly, um, and just watch the scale, watch the mirror, see what was happening see what was going on see if I had any, you know, adverse, uh, reactions to it. And so far it's, it's been going really well. Yeah. So I'd mentioned, uh, I commented on a picture you posted at the gym earlier saying you look, you look thicker yeah. <laughs> and you were asking if that was a, if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, <clears throat> I did notice, um, I mean, man, you still look, you still look below 10% body fat. You look very lean. Uh, there, I do notice there's a, there's a fullness and you are holding a little bit of water compared to what you were. Um, like you're saying that that goes along with the territory of eating carbs. And I, and I wonder if maybe your body's kind of has an adjustment phase for that as well as, as to how much water retention you will be holding, maybe adjusting back into carbs, um, uh, as far as easing back into it, but you, you look to be doing really well with it. Uh, one thing I'm curious about, how has it affected your strength and energy levels? Let's, let's talk about those two things. Yeah. So as far as how I feel when I'm in the gym and generally feel throughout the day overall, uh, I, I felt a vast improvement, um, a tangible, noticeable, you know, no shit improvement the first day that I started adjusting my macros and adding back in carbs, which it, it, it blew my mind how, how quickly and how, uh, I guess hard it, it hit me. Um, when I was on keto, I was my, I was extremely calorically restricted, obviously extremely, uh, car restricted and, I remember being at work, um, I would get very tired, 
very lethargic about midday. Um, and I, it got to the point where I get, I get more tired on a full stomach. Um, so there, it got to a point where I just stopped eating lunch because I didn't want to fall asleep at work. So for a long time there, I was really only eating two, you know, two meals a day. Really? Yeah. The morning, the morning was pretty small because I was in a rush to get out of the house. So it was usually like a shake, you know, something quick and easy. Um, and then I would just eat a really big dinner and I really didn't snack throughout the day. But that's another thing about keto is, uh, it, it, it curbs hunger. It curbs appetite because you're consuming so much fat and the foods that you're taking in are so calorically dense that you don't, you don't have that, that feeling of fullness or that feeling of, Oh, I need to, you know, it's been about three or four hours since my last snack or my last meal. I'm ready to eat again. I right. never experienced that. So I, I mean, I could go, you know, 12 hours, 12, 12, 14 hours, uh, without ingesting any food mm. and, and, and be fine. Mm. I didn't, didn't crave it. Um, but, but I will say that since I've put carbs back into my life, uh, I can actually tell a big, big difference in my performance, uh, at work and my performance in the gym. I am very energetic. Uh, my work performance is a lot better. I feel a lot better throughout the day. I never get tired and I'm also eating a lot more often now. That's interesting. Yeah. So, all right. So energy levels are up. Um, well, so what about strength? Uh, I haven't been off of it long enough to tell any big, well, first of all, let's, how about we cover this as well too. So you mentioned that you mentioned, um, being eating very caloric dense foods when you were on keto, but you were only eating two times a day. So how many calories were you intaking on a daily basis with keto? So when I was on keto, I was, I was at 1800. 1800 a day. That was what I topped out at. That's and low. And y'all don't let that, don't let that fool you. This, this guy's a tank. Like this, this dude <laughs> is jacked and shredded. If I was eating 1800 calories, I would look smaller than your sister. This, this is mind blowing to me. I don't understand it. I don't really know if anyone could explain it, but 1800 calories is not a lot. If you guys don't understand that, um, for me currently, if you know me or know anything about what I look like, um, just to give you an idea, I eat 3000 calories. Uh, I know some females that eat around 3000 calories as well. So it's that, that's, that's pretty wild to be hanging on to that. And, and, and I know another thing that I'd like to point out, you know, we're going in the strength direction. Like this guy trains very seriously and lifts some pretty impressive weight as well. So those eight, 1800 calories were not, not, uh, inhibiting him and his performance from, from anything. Um, but, but yeah, how, how performance wise 1800 to where are you now? Um, sitting right just under 2200. No. Just under 2200. Okay. So it sounds like you've, sounds like you've reverse dieted pretty well, uh, pretty slow and, uh, progressively like you're supposed to. Um, yeah. So what, have you made big strength gains? You're saying that it hasn't been long enough for you to really tell or. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few, there's a few things that the, you know, like when I do a squat, when I do a deadlift, um, when I do a fly, you know, the, these, these big, major exercises that, that I'm hitting, uh, no matter what on, you know, the, the applicable body part for the split for the day, uh, I see myself and I feel myself doing weight that I did when I was taking in 800 calories and I was only taking in 23 grams of carbs a day. I remember how I felt because I did keto for two years. Right. Um, and now I'm doing, you know, similar, if not the same exercises and I'm loading up the same weight because that's what I'm used to doing. Right. And it's feeling a lot better. I feel a lot more comfortable and I always feel like, okay, like I could have done more, you know, I could have done more weight or I could have done more reps mm. with that weight. Um, I've noticed, uh, an increase in, I guess, comfortability and stability in my squat. Um, my deadlift is definitely improved. I just hit back, um, Oh, I hit, I hit hamstrings and glutes yesterday on my split that I'm on right now. It's got me doing deadlifts on hamstring and glute And, um, and I, I pulled a weight on deads yesterday, um, for two sets of four that I, I, I haven't pulled in, in months. 
you know. But I don't really train for strength. Um, right. But that made me feel really good and made me feel like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe this is the right way to go. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I, I know my calories are, aren't increased by by that much. It's like like 400 calories, more than what I was doing. Exactly. Um, I want to increase that, but like I said, I'm trying to do it um, methodically and slowly and just week by week, watch what my body is doing uh, to make sure, you know, I don't want to overwhelm my body with a huge surplus of calories. Um, but at the same time, now that I'm off keto, I feel like if I was still eating 1800 calories while being off keto, I, I, I feel like I would be extremely hungry throughout the day and just yeah. like, it would not be enough. The reason that I think it was enough on keto was because 70, 70% of my calories were coming from fats. So right. I stay, so, you know, I always stay full. No insulin spikes throughout the day yeah. too. So that's, yeah. that makes a big difference. Um, that's always what interested me actually was that in particular, not liking the crashes I get from meal to meal, getting hangry, yeah, getting real hangry, yeah. uh, you know, but the performance aspect always kept me where I was with a balance of macronutrients, um, in terms of fat, carbs and proteins. So it was never really anything I dabbled in. I, I dabbled in um, intermittent fasting for about 13 hours, and then I quit. Oh, that's uh, that, <laughs> I said I'm never, never training fasted again in my life. My intermittent fasting so, is when I'm asleep. The, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 worst, the worst decision I ever made. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll get on a regular sleep schedule where, you know, I, I do end up eating – finishing my food by like eight or nine and I'll just hold off on breakfast till the next day till maybe 10 and get a decent fast in there. But other than that, taking out carbs has never really been uh, more than a quick contemplation for me. Yeah. We, I mean, performance was- wise, I've just, I've just seen because for me, so for me getting into fitness and getting into the nutrition aspect of fitness. So, I mean, I've been training for, a decade now um but as far as getting serious with nutrition and getting a sufficient amount of food um from good quality food sources the second i i turned that switch on at 18 and started understanding what food really can do what really what calories in general um i i think i think the majority of people and i and i feel pretty comfortable saying this honestly um to just about everyone, I, I think the majority of people, especially in the beginning of their fitness journey, they're under eating. The major, I would say, I would argue the majority of people yeah. are under eating. Yeah, I don't, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree. And you know, taking into consideration the quality of what they're eating is another is another uh, maybe topic or conversation in and of itself. But I think I think the majority of people are, are just flat out under eating. And when I started to eat an amount of calories that fed my workouts once you feel that and i think i think i think i'm safe in saying you're gonna get to a point when your calories get up and you're gonna feel what that feels like in the gym that's that strength and energy and 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 i don't know that it'll be it might be similar for you in terms of not wanting to move away from keto i think i think you're gonna go a decent while if not stick with kind of what you're doing with the carbs now and, and the moderate macro uh, consumption. And ultimately that's kind of my approach is, is to not vilify one, one thing, whether it be carbs, fats or protein. Um, and I guess that'd be a good, a good, uh, good transition, good path for us to go down now, as far as your opinion towards that, what's, you know, your relationship with carbs after that, or, you know, it's, uh, it's understandable to be worried about, doing something different, especially when something's worked for you. So it's kind of like, why would I change it? And at the same time, you know, so that worry from inexperience is totally normal, but could you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of what your, what your take on that is and and maybe related to people who do have a bad relationship with carbs or fats and don't quite understand that, uh, 
um, don't quite understand the importance of all of that in the diet. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think the reason that restricting my carbs was so easy for me and I was so excited about it was because keto was the first diet I'd ever gone on. When I started keto, that was the first time that I ever started paying attention to my nutrition like you were just talking about. Um, started caring about it, started tracking my food, started learning about all these things, you know, how many, how many calories are in a gram of fat? How many calories are in a gram of protein? You know what I mean? How much protein should be taken in? You know, what are carbs for? You know, what are, what are fats good for? Like what kind of fat should I be taking? That's when I really started researching all this stuff hardcore was when I started keto. So the only dieting experience I had had was on keto. I had never dieted before that. So I think that's another reason why I stayed on it for as long as I did was because I didn't know how to eat while incorporating a healthy percentage of all the macros across the board. I had no idea. I learned how to, I learned how to cook. I learned how to bake. I learned how to, I mean, I learned how to do everything from keto. So it was like, if, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to make a dish, um, you know, like a, a, a common dish that like is, you know, Fair, you know, fairly widespreadly used. Uh, my first thought was, okay, I got to substitute this, I got to substitute that, and I got to substitute that, and then I'll make you know my version of it. Right. And that's the only way that I knew how to make, you know, that meal or 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 whatever it was. That's the only way I knew how to cook. So I think that was another intimidating factor was, okay, I, I want to get off keto, but now I'm also going to have to relearn how to cook everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's so, so, that I can, yeah, yeah. so that I can get the carbs in. So, you know, instead of eating uh instead of eating cauliflower rice, I'm gonna eat jasmine rice now. Right. But I mean, I know I know macros for everything on keto like the back of my hand. I even have to look them up. Um, because I was on it for so long. But like when I when I started transitioning off, I don't know how many carbs was in a serving size of rice. I didn't even know what a serving size of rice was. Like how much do I cook? You right. Know, right. I, I, I had to buy a rice cooker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, but definitely since coming off of it, I can tell you guys that I, I feel a very real, um, difference in my energy levels, both inside and outside of the gym. I don't regret going on keto. I don't regret being on it as long as I, as I was, you know, I learned a lot and maybe I can help somebody who wants to try it out. I, I mean, I'm definitely knowledgeable on it. Um, but being back on carbs, I, I don't think I would ever go on keto again. Hmm. I, I love them a lot. I think, I think, uh, I think all the macros are, are very important and they serve their purpose. And now that I'm off of it, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, and I don't want to, I don't want to talk ill of keto. If any of you guys are, are on it or thinking about trying it, um, you know, it, it worked for me. I always tell people, I think the best diet is, uh, is, is one that, Three things. One that works for your body, one that you can stick with long term because these crap these crash fad diets and keto keto is a fad diet, but these crash fad diets that people go on and you know lose thirty pounds in a month or lose thirty pounds in two weeks, whatever it is, um, that's that's not you can't do that for the long term. And I feel like I feel like a diet should be a slow lifestyle change, not something that you you know, shock your body with and do for a couple of weeks just to drop a few pounds and then you're off of it. And, you know, your weight's down, it's up, it's down, it's up. Like that's not good for you. Right. Um, but, uh, um, I lost my train of thought too. <laughs> no worries. Um, I just find it super, super interesting. And that's where you started from. I just think it's so cool. Um, especially since you had such success with it and and then also ultimately I really like that you're able to, to come out and say that on the other end, whether it be a little bit biased um, opinion of mine, as far as how I view, view diets like that. And, and I guess it is, you know, I, I'm very conservative, not conservative. I mean, maybe that's not the right word, but, I like to have a balance with my macros, like I've said before. So it's it's interesting for me to hear someone experience with keto, successful experience, to come out and say, hey, you know, 
I do see carbs being a great thing and yeah. I'm, I feel great on them and, and, and you're having all of these benefits from doing it. So I think that's really important for a lot of people to hear, especially people who, who, you know, want to do these fad diets for a certain period of time for those quick results, because ultimately that stuff can be deceiving and, you know, it can ultimately also mess you up if, if, if you're doing it and failing and, you know, you're going super low with your calories, then you're going back to what a, what might be to be a quote unquote normal calorie intake for you. And all that variation can be bad. So all that stuff's really important for people to hear. Um, you know, so another thing I think I want to talk to you about is tracking in general. So what do you use to track? How long have you had a food scale? What would you tell people about tracking? Yeah, so it's a really good question. I, I talk about this um, on my AG a lot because I think it. Uh, I think I think it's equally, if not more, important than training and being in the gym. I feel like I feel like results are made in the gym, but results are seen via the kitchen. <laughs> um, and that, I mean, that's what the vast majority of people want. They want they want to see things right. change. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I, I, I use an app uh, on my phone. Uh, it was ac- it's actually a, a keto food tracking app that I got when I started keto, and I bought the premium version of it. Did you? Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> it's got all the recipes and like, there you go. You know, okay. And um, and I like looking in there for you know dinner ideas and and dessert ideas. I've got a major sweet tooth, like peanut butter. Anything peanut butter, I'll devour. It's my biggest weakness. Um. But I bought the premium version of it. So when I got off of it, I was like, well, I got this keto app. Like, should I, should I change apps? Like, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but I kept it. I just, I, I turned the, uh, cause when you tap on a food that you're going to eat, it'll tell you like the keto grade, like an A is really good. A B is like mm. the limit. And then like an F is like absolutely avoid at all costs. I just turned that off. Okay. So it doesn't tell me, it doesn't tell me if something's good for keto or not anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I've already paid for this app. Like I might as well keep using it. And I, it, it's, you know, I'm, you're used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. It's user friendly. I, you know, it's got the barcode scan. I really, really like it. And a lot of other people use it too. So like nine times out of 10, the data is correct. Okay. I always double check it against whatever I'm eating and adjust if necessary. But usually it's correct. Um, but yeah, I, I think here's what I'll say. If you're not tracking, you're not dieting. Like straight up, you you just you you wish that you were. <laughs> like I, I hate when people say, you know, I'm on a diet or I'm I'm, I'm watching my I'm watching my weight. I'm, I'm you know whatever. I'm just like okay, like are you tracking your food? No. Well, then you're not dieting. Right. How can you diet if you have no idea what you're consuming? If right. you have no idea how much you need, you know, and how much you're getting with each meal. If you're going over or if you're coming up short on your macro goals. You know what I mean? I, th- I think, I think, you know, obviously food is something that's, that should be enjoyed. You know, you should look forward to your meals. Um, but to me, food is just another tool, just like a barbell or a dumbbell. I certainly look forward to my meals when I'm dieting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And I, and that's, that's one of the big benefits of, uh, of cooking at home. You know what I mean? I, I never, ever eat out. Yeah. Like before, before the pandemic hit, I think I was maybe going out to eat like maybe once a month and it was always either like Korean barbecue all you can eat or, <laughs> or, uh, or some kind of other, you know, buffet where I could get like all the sashimi that I wanted and you know, stuff like that. I couldn't eat sushi cause I was like, you know, <laughs> could have the rice. But, uh, um, yeah, I cooked, I cooked every single one of my meals at home and I think that made it a lot easier too, because I knew exactly what I'm cooking. Absolutely. I, mean, I know yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, a steak. What kind of steak is it? Is it a ribeye? Is it a T-bone? Is it right. There's no questioning it. Yeah, exactly. For I know sure. exactly what's in it. Um, I know exactly the seasonings I'm putting on it. Uh, you know, you go to a restaurant, you, you, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't and, know. And and I've been using the food scale pretty religiously since since like I said about 2018. I, okay. I got it for keto, and that's that's when I learned about you know how to track, yeah, how to, how to track, weigh it, yeah, yeah, weigh food and stuff. But I weigh everything, man. And I, I just I just spoke about this uh, on my social media. I think, well, it, it, it is it is my opinion based on my experience that if you are if you are tracking, which if you are great, like definitely keep doing it. it it's going to do nothing but help you get your goals. Um, 
But if you are tracking, you must track everything, everything, not, not just like, not just the entree, you know, you got to do this. I mean, I, I know people that's like, oh, yeah. I'm having steak and rice and broccoli and I, and they just track the steak. Oh, it's right, like, I'm not, not, not going to try the sides. Like, cause they're just, they're just sides, you know what right. I mean? Like it's like a few bites and then it's gone, but they still have calories. If it has a caloric value, you must track it because it's going to go into your body and it's going to raise how many calories you're taking in. Right. So, I mean, that's everything, food, drinks, condiments, like little things that you don't think about. Like, I mean, there's, I've got some seasonings in the cabinet right now. They're like, you know, like the sweet mesquite, you know, stuff like that, that has calories because it has sugar. Right. And people don't think about that. Like they're preparing a steak or they're preparing a piece of chicken or something to throw on the grill. They just throw some seasoning on there. Um, and all they do is track the chicken. No, I weigh the seasoning. Before I put it on, everything. This dude's not playing around. Everything. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not out here weighing the seasoning. But since <laughs> since getting very specific with my tracking, I'm definitely keeping an eye on how much sodium I'm intaking and realizing, um, realizing just how much I was taking previously before I didn't even think about it. So, just at least at least having the sense of um, keeping it in moderation or following what the serving size would be. Um, but I do agree that the majority of things, even condiments, especially, um, you know, there's some sauces we like to use. They might have 18 grams of sugar in it. And that that's those are calories right there. Yeah. So for me, I don't necessarily think it's the end of the world if you don't track your veggies or or the seasonings. But I'm with you on everything, you know, yeah. everything that's going on the plate for the majority um with the exception of, like I said, those two things, maybe veggies or seasonings. Yeah. That's, um, that's every, everything personal, needs to be on yeah, there. That's yeah. just my personal opinion. You know, I mean, veggies are probably, they're usually going to be low in calories anyways. Right. You know what exactly. I, mean? I mean, I mean, you can eat like a lot of like spinach, for example. But I like that. And, yeah. And yeah. Like, no, and I like that you do everything. Yeah. You're going to get like 10 calories out of it. So like, you know, if you're not tracking things like that, things that, um, are nutritionally dense but not calorically dense like they have very few calories for a very large serving size um not not such a big deal because right. like i don't hit my macros spot on every single day right sometimes i'm a little under sometimes i'm a little over but i don't think anyone does yeah i, I mean but you have those days you have those couple days in a row that you do and it's like yeah so, <laughs> it's, a win. it's so satisfying it's a win. yep <laughs> Yeah, and I kind of I kind of eat based around that app. If it weren't for that app, I don't, I don't think I'd, I don't, I don't know if I can, especially now with the carbs back in and having to relearn everything again. Um, I don't know if I could intuitively diet. Right. Well, yeah. well, that's the. I think that would maybe be the transition next. Um, is you know you have to track in order to be able to intuitively diet and that was kind of my whole thing when i started talking about tracking because i was intuitively eating for a while and having actually very good progress and openly telling people like i i haven't tracked all year i haven't tracked all year but there's you could see the progress happening in my body but i've i've said numerous times now and come out and said that there's no way i could have done that without going through multiple tracking phases. Yeah. You know, I learned where my body was when I was um, intaking a certain amount of calories. I learned where, you know, when you track for a certain period of time, that's when you learn your body. And if you don't want to track, if you don't want to diet, you can comfortably know that you're not going to gain a lot of weight and gain a lot of fat afterwards because you have that knowledge from tracking. Um, and I think that that is very important. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Starting to get a face uh, FaceTime here. Um, but no, it's funny. I, I wanted to say I, I don't eat out either ever until I met Kelly and we started yeah. <laughs> started going to eat places. Um, but but, she, but she's also – nah. I mean I joke with her and tell her she is, but she's also macro conscious. And she's we, we, we fit it <laughs> – yeah, we fit it into our macros for sure. And that's uh, that's a fun thing to me as well. Honestly, which that I enjoy is like it becomes like a a puzzle throughout the day and, and you, you got to fit the pieces in. And, and at the end of the day, when you fit the pieces in, but you also you also had got to have like a poke bowl or something, something good, something different. And you still hit your macros. It's super satisfying. 
Um, and, and, it, and it can be in a fun, enjoyable thing. I know people probably think I'm maybe psycho for saying that. Oh, my, <laughs> this freaking weirdo here talking about how he's having fun tracking his macros. But I, I'm telling you, like, there's certain things we do throughout our day that we get satisfaction from. And it, it's, you know, it's like cleaning the house. It feels good to have it done. You get that sense of accomplishment um, after you do it. And it's the same thing for me with this. Um, I was doing the intuitive eating all year. And about four-ish weeks ago, I started tracking hardcore, and that's kind of where I'm at with it now. I am enjoying it. Um, and, you know, we've been going out to eat here and there and having some wine here and there. And you just kind of, you, you just kind of figure out how to put things in. And there's some guesswork involved in certain things you may eat. But at the end of the day, to – Learn how to do that is I, I find it very satisfying. It's yeah. fun. It's fun to me. It you know is what fun. I mean? Yeah, and I like the analogy you use of kind of putting the, the puzzle pieces in. So yeah. like at the end of the day, you have a whole complete puzzle, and that the, the satisfaction you get from that's kind of funny. Said that because like I like I said I I eat around that like before I consume anything, I'll track it. I'll put it in my app yeah. and I'll yeah, see yeah. where I'm okay. Where is this going to put me? There? Right, right, right. And if like if, if it's like midday. Um, I, I, so I know that when I get home from training every day and I have dinner, I know that I like to have anywhere from 800 to a thousand calories left for the day because I like a big dinner. That's, that's just, that's just me. I like to eat a big dinner. Um, it kind of like, you know, signifies the end of my day for me ending, you know, ending with a full stomach. I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but after dinner, I also like to have something sweet. So I'll usually do like another bowl of like oatmeal with like some protein powder. There you go. Um, you know, something like that. Or with some uh, peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, some peanut butter if if I can afford the fats. Right. Because um, like my fats have gone down so so much. I mean, I'm 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 over 200 grams of carbs a day now. Where are you with your Where are you with your fats right now? 79. 79 grams. 79 grams okay. A day. Awesome. Yeah, That's carb, a yeah. Carbs are about. 210 and i matched my protein to my lean body mass at 177 177 okay yeah and so have you ever been over 200 grams of protein today uh not not while tracking no want to know something crazy what i used to intake about like 350 grams of protein a that's day. wild to me <laughs> so i Man, it's it's interesting. I, I got so I'll just open this can up right now. Why, why don't we? Why not? Open it up. When I was eighteen, I wanted to get into bodybuilding. Um, was it eighteen? I guess. I think, yeah, eighteen. I um, man, I was always hardcore into lifting. I saw a magazine with Greg Plitt when I was like 14 and always mm -hmm. wanted to look like that. And he was mm -hmm. big inspiration to me. And I always loved bodybuilders. I always loved muscles. I'd be watching sports. I'd be watching the Lakers play and I'd be like, dude, I want delts like David Fisher, just like admiring people's physiques. Like that's just always a thing yep. that I did. And I always wanted to look good. And, yep. and uh, you know, eventually when you have that drive in the gym and you love doing it, you, you know, you start to see some progress and, people started to notice and telling me I should get into competitive bodybuilding and this and that. And, and so I, I dabbled in it and, uh, I, I, there's, unfortunately there's a lot of bad that goes with the industry in terms of, uh, nutrition, uh, drugs. I mean, that that's a whole black hole for another day, but just to touch lightly on it, you know, I did dabble in, uh, did dabble in those things. And, and there's, there's recommendations for specifically protein intake with the industry that are just, they're kind of outrageous. And, and, I, and I think, unfortunately, they come from the drug use because when you're taking steroids and performance enhancing drugs, your, your body's able to synthesize more protein. So, you know, you should eat more because your body can synthesize more and your body's going to use more. So those recommendations for those amounts are often passed throughout throughout. To everyone and yeah. and, and people think they have to be eating these absurd amounts and then you have coaches out here telling telling everyone whether they're on drugs or natural that they should all be eating these absurd amounts of proteins yeah. and that was kind of what happened to me was when i first started bodybuilding i didn't you know i didn't try 
taking performance enhancing drugs right away. I, I found a nutritionist that worked with a lot of athletes, even Olympia level type athletes. Um, I think he was working with Sadiq Havicic at the time. Sorry if I mispronounced his last name, but, um, and I was getting some help with, with this guy, with this nutritionist. And, you know, he had me eating McDonald's every other night. The calories were just crazy. Probably like four, 5,000 calories. I was eating nine ounce, eight to nine ounce portion, portions of protein per meal eating about six meals a day. I mean, my protein consumption was well over 300 grams a day. That's a CT Fletcher diet. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's really interesting because I, so, so yeah, picking, picking up where I left off. Uh, sorry, we had a little, technical difficulty there, but I was talking about the protein consumption and the industry recommendations. And, you know, I had started working with a nutritionist that was working with all these top level guys. I was not taking any drugs. This guy was pounding me with food. I was eating eating an absurd amount of calories. I mean, full medium pizzas after leg workouts. Uh, Like I said, McDonald's every other night and the, the amount of protein um, I was eating pounds of meat a day. I was eating so much and I didn't know any, I didn't know any different. This is kind of like you getting into keto your first time doing something tangible that you can track and understand any nutrition wise. It, it was the same thing to me. It was like, I'm going to this guy cause he, he does these things with these people at this level. He must know what he's talking about. Yeah. He could tell me to eat dirt three times a day and I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah, so I didn't question any, I didn't question anything. So he set the standard of what I thought nutrition was for a bodybuilder and it did work for me at the time because and 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 i'm not sure that looking back i think it was too long ago to maybe like have some sort of analysis of what negative effects it maybe did, did to me my digestion my bloating you know that stuff matters over time especially um i i think I think poor digestion and dysfunction in your gut over time can probably lead to disease, which is why I'm taking such an approach now to lower my protein. Because like I said, I just got started in that. That was, that was what I was kind of taught as to this is the right way to do things as a bodybuilder. You need to eat X amount of protein a day. And so for me, after doing that and seeing results, same thing with you with carbs. It was kind of, I was very scared to go down from there. I was very scared to do anything different. It was kind of like, I've been skinny my whole life. I'm starting to see results. I'm gaining muscle. I am never going to do what I was doing before. Um, and I didn't have anything what I was doing before. So it really locked me into this. Let me gorge myself with food all day long because I need to gain weight and get bigger. And that's something I really dislike now, um, now that I have more knowledge and experience. And I, and I, I think, I think it's something that needs clarification and some light to be shined on it, especially for, for men and bodybuilding and trying to gain weight. Um, I think it's important. Like I said, you know, gorging yourself with food and distressing your gut over a long period of time over years it's got to have a negative effect on your health. I mean, that's, you know, stressing organs for long periods of time. That is how disease forms. So it's something that should be paid attention to. And over the years, I've learned the importance of gut health through, you know, through going through a lot of negative things and, and being like, okay, something's going on here. Finally, I got to the point where I said, okay, I think my protein's a little high. Maybe I need to start lowering it. But it's interesting. I, you know, I can kind of relate to you with the carb thing, with protein. Yeah. You know, I told my friend recently, it's like, I have a bad relationship with protein. It's weird. I, you know, you hear a lot of females say they have a bad relationship with carbs. They're just people in general. There's a lot of mis, misunderstanding and uh, misknowledge, misnomers about carbohydrates. Well, that's kind of how I feel about protein. And I wonder if there's, I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there that maybe have the same issue uh, with what they've been told. But that's kind of where I'm at. I, I Man, for years from 18 to literally now, I'm, I'm 28 and I've eaten a quite an excessive amount of protein, yeah. spending a lot of money that I probably didn't need to be spending on food. You know, yeah. protein's very expensive yeah. and, and I don't like to short myself uh, quality. Uh, 
because I do want to be healthy too. I do want good macronutrients, micronutrients uh, in my foods. I don't just go to Walmart and buy whatever meat they have. Um, I do buy some wild, wild caught fish and things like that. But, you know, learning, hey, I could have been saving money and I could have also been saving myself a lot of digestive distress. Um, So it's interesting. It's interesting what we learn. And I think ultimately, you know, we're both trainers. So it's important for us to relay that to people and let people know uh, so they don't have to, you know, make the same mistakes we make and and can kind of know these things from from the get go and not not everything is right for everybody, you know, and that's, that's kind of, that's why I brought up my introduction to bodybuilding and, and kind of the, the faults that the industry has with, with drugs going on. And, and, you know, that, that's kind of why the meal plans are the way that they are. But the fact that everyone thinks that, you know, and I, and I think the fact that everyone thinks that you have to eat this much, much food to see progress, um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's really hard for me to grasp and yeah. be okay with. It really, really is because, Especially man, I tell you, like, so exactly, yeah, yeah. And, and and you saw results. I mean, you, you gained I, size, right? You know, I mean, you saw results on the outside, but what you didn't see is what what you might have been potentially doing on the inside, right? That you might not see for another ten years, right? You know what I mean? Like you said, your digestive health, you know, things like that. I mean, uh, if if you eat McDonald's, you know. Eight times, eight times a day, you're, you're going to gain weight. You are going to get bigger because I guarantee, no matter how fast your metabolism is, no matter no matter what your basal metabolic rate is, you're going to be in a surplus of calories if you're eating crazy like that. But at what cost? Right. You know, at the expense of what? Um, things that you might not necessarily see. All you see is like, well, oh, I'm getting huge. Right. I mean, I, I mentioned C.T. Fletcher a few minutes ago, that C.T. Fletcher diet. Mm. That dude was, he he did like the McDonald's thing. He was eating double pork brown with cheese for like every single meal. And he was jacked as fuck. And he fuck. was huge. Yeah. And the dude has had like at least, what, like two, three? Yeah, three like heart surgeries. Heart surgeries. Yeah. yeah, he's not in good shape, like right. internally. So, and I, I think, I think one of the biggest things that people might overlook because of the instant gratification, you know, gratification mindset that this country has, give me, give me you know, all the access we have to, to Amazon and to, you know, streaming things on TV. We're a very instant gratification kind of people, this, this Western world that we lived in. Um, but uh, I, I think it's best to just do it over time, do it slowly. And, and I'll tell you guys, like this, this stuff is a process. The people that you see on Instagram, the people that, you know, are famous that everybody knows, uh, they didn't just wake up like that. Like they've been doing this shit for a long time. And I think people get too burnt out too quick. You know what I mean? Right. Like a couple weeks and they don't have the dream body that they are trying to attain. It People give up, they quit. Like this shit takes time. When I, when I, when I started, you know, I don't want to keep going back to it, but when I, when I did start keto, I was 220 pounds. And it took me two years, but I got down to the, the leanest I got on keto was 180. So, uh, you know, I lost quite a bit of weight right. on keto. But I'll tell you guys this, and this is not to to knock to knock keto if you guys want to do it. Um, but I, I don't now that I'm back on carbs, I don't think it necessarily that it was the restriction of carbohydrates. They gave me the results that I got. Obviously, the the lack of water retention and the dryness helped right. with the way that I looked. That look that I yeah. mentioned before yeah. earlier, yeah. But as far as what the scale said, I honestly and truly believe that it was the fact that I had placed myself in a caloric deficit. That's why I lost weight, and and that's why everybody loses weight, right? Caloric deficit, and every and everybody's caloric intake that they need to lose weight. Is going to be different, right? Because everybody's different, right? Everybody's met up, you know, metabolism is going looking to be at me and the calories, the number of calories that I eat. And I yeah. think that's the same with me as well, too. Looking at it, uh, looking at it now, I think that's the same. Uh, to some extent, high protein is necessary, and I do believe, I do believe you can, for some people, go as as high as you know, a pound and a half body weight to even two yeah, per pound, per, yeah, yeah, to, uh, uh one point five times the body weight or even two, yeah. Uh, I, but anything over that is just excessive. And, and obviously for me, somebody that was 145 pounds soaking wet in high school, yeah. um, 
the calories are what did it, you know, yeah. look, looking back, I realized that as well. So I can really, yeah. I can relate my nutrition, um, to that as well with what you were saying about keto. Um, <clears throat> so one last thing I'll touch on that I wanted to ask you, do you think that what we've mentioned recently, uh, in our discussion, do you think that that is why bulking is a thing? And where do you think that mentality came from putting on bulking and, and, and trying to shut down the, and when I say bulking, I mean, to some extent overeating, because I think the industry interpretation now, that's what it is. Yeah. Because, well, let's, for all intents and purposes, I think that is what it is because yeah. if, if you're not bulking like that, like in reality, there's two, there's two things you could be doing, right? You could be reverse dieting, which is what you're doing. You do things correctly. You slowly add in calories. Uh, you, you minimize body fat by doing this. It's a slow process. You're not bulking. Right. What you're doing is not bulking. Right. What bulking is, is eating a very uh, definitive surplus of calories in order to gain weight and size for a certain period of time uh, for you to then cut down, hopefully uh, gain muscle or retain muscle that you may have uh, progress you may have made during that bulking phase. Yeah. Do you think that, what do you, what do you think, where do you think that came from? And why do you think that that's such a mentality in the industry today? Because, you know, old school bodybuilders didn't bulk. They, right. they looked good all year round. Yeah. So what, what do you think, what do you think happened there? Uh, I think that, so first of all, I did that back in 2015. Uh, my, my only fitness goal or, you know, just goal with my body overall was to move up a t-shirt size and fill it the fuck out. I wanted to be tight. Sleeves hugging. You know, right, I mean, right. that's what I wanted. Yeah. So no more schmediums. Yeah, you, wanted no more to, schmediums. you wanted to look good in that large. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the tight sleeves, baby. So uh so so I did that for a long time. I I wasn't tracking then, but I remember anytime I would cook a meal or go out and eat a meal, I would intentionally and forcefully eat two or three times the portion size that I would normally eat. Yeah, I've I would, done it before. I would sit too. down and eat what I would, you know, if I was just a normal human being, just eating right. dinner, I would sit down and eat and then I would be full and then I would make another plate of the exact same serving size I had. And then sometimes I would make another one. Right. And I would just I've been there. force it down. I was taking all the masking shakes, you know, with like the peanut butter, yes, and like whole milk, like, you know, 17, 18 hundred calorie shakes yep. I wanted to throw after throw up afterwards right. I mean it would take me like 30 minutes to drink it it's hard <laughs> right drinking those things it's is not hard thick. it's those thick like, and it's a lot can't drink that through a straw <laughs> I didn't have a cup big enough to put it I had to drink it straight out of the blender sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes I had to make I remember that I had shakes. these big cups from the uh from the from like the Saints games yeah yeah big, <laughs> giant ginormous cups that give you yeah yep. yeah so I I actually did that and um you know I I think with depending on because my training was also different than all I cared about was a, was a one rep max and squat bench and dead. I, hmm. I was really, really in powerlifting and training for strength um, during that time. And, you know, typically the heavier you are, the, the yeah. more you can, the more you can, yeah, push. the more weight you can yeah. push around. No doubt. Um, so I, so I was trying to get my weight up because I wanted to, I wanted to be able to deadlift over 500, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted to squat over 500. I wanted to get as close to a 400 bench that I could. And, and, and I think I got pretty close. The, my, the most I've ever done on a bench press 365 for one. That was a long time ago. I was also a lot heavier, yeah. <laughs> not lean at all. Um, but I think that at least, for, you know, I, I can't speak for the women, but I think for the guys, uh, I think it's a little bit of a, of an ego thing. Do you? you know, yeah, it has drifted into the, into the female community as well. Too. Yeah, you, yeah. See, see, you see some pretty popular people on Instagram, like the KK fit sisters, yeah. uh, the twins, they, they're balking, they're cutting down. Yeah. Um, they're experienced and know what they're doing, though. I think yeah. that they're doing a lot of macro counting, even though yeah. they may not be letting people know. They like they like to talk about their bulking a lot. Um, not so much like, hey, I'm weighing this out and tracking this, which I think they are. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's even drifted into the female community. Yeah, and I, I don't think bulking's bad. You know, if you want to put on some size, and like you said – cut down later and hopefully retain some of that muscle so that you're lean again, but bigger than you were before you bulked. 
Um, I, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think that there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. You know, you've got, right. you've got the, you know, eat everything, track nothing kind of guys mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of people that say, oh, I'm, I'm bulking. Like that's your excuse. But then you've got like the macro warriors that are like, I'm bulking, but I'm, I'm still doing the same thing that I would if I was trying to, to lose weight. Cause you're always doing one of three things. Your body is always doing one of three things. You're either you're you're either in maintenance mode right. where you're eating just enough calories as you need a day to maintain your weight. You're in a surplus, which means you're going to gain weight, or you're in a deficit, which means you're going to lose weight. That's the only three things that you can be in. Um, and uh, yeah, I think just I think people just want to be, you know, the biggest in a room, the biggest, the best. And I, I think that especially you know I've I've never competed. Um, I don't I don't know much about uh, outside of what I've you know, heard from friends who have experience competing. So I don't want to speak too much on the, on the competition community and the way that that goes. But I think that it's gotten to a point where you have to meet like the minimum, like here's the standard. And like for most normal people, you're going to come up short as far as size goes, Mm. depending on what you're competing in. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, if you look at, if you look at bodybuilders back in the you know 60s, 70s, and early 80s, whenever they were on stage, and you look at <laughs> the Olympias now, it's night and day difference. Right. Night and day difference. The guys now are so much bigger than the much. guys are. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, it's, it's it's too much. But if someone who looked like Arnold did in his prime or like, um, you know, Tom Platts did in his prime or somebody like that, if they stepped on stage now, they would be dwarfed. They're nobody. Yeah. Pete, Hart- Pete Hartwood comes to mind when you, when you say that. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so he's I feel like, just got his pro card. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you just, as time goes on, it's like, there's a minimum standard that you have to meet. And, uh, and you, the, the human body is not born to be like that. So you right. have to, you have to do what you have to do to get your foot in the door. Right. Well, I think ultimately the takeaway from all approaches that we've talked about is, is just track, right? Yeah. That's, I think, I think that's where this, this road ends for everyone Yeah. is, is just tracking. And you know, you had mentioned, you don't think it's a bad thing to bulk necessarily uh, for certain periods and get stronger and, and try and retain that muscle. And I, and I don't either. Um, I just want to emphasize the importance of a all year round type of approach um, in all aspects. So we had mentioned that it's, it is impossible to do intuitive eating if you've never tracked, right? There's no way for you to know. The same goes for bulking. If you've never tracked a bulk or reverse diet where you're adding calories, there's no way for you to confidently know that you're not going to put on an excessive amount of body fat or unwanted weight, which both can inhibit your muscle growth because you're going to you're going to decrease your your insulin sensitivity and you're going to create a lot of things within your body that that will limit you. You can't just go excessively eat a bunch of food and think that you're going to retain a bunch of muscle when you cut down from yeah. all that you're gonna get that weight gain. So I think it's very important um, to understand that. Tracking is something that needs to be done in all aspects of the training, whether you're cutting or bulking, there needs to be experience tracking in both um, before you can intuitively say, I know what's going on with what I'm eating and what I'm doing. Um, and I just think it's important overall too to not, to not like, let's not, let's not, because for me, this isn't like the average fitness podcast. Like I'm not just talking about, this isn't like the let's let's look good show. Like this yeah. isn't like I'm not the let's look let's look good trainer. Like I just want to look like I'm in shape. Like that's not me, dude. Like so let's talk about actually being like top tier. If you want to be top tier, then you have to pay attention to shit all year round. Yep. Like if you're a professional athlete, the off season still fucking matters. Yeah. So bulking is not an excuse for you to just go off and not track. And think that you can just do whatever and think that like your goals are still going to be met. And you're going to you're going to make all this progress. Like it's just not the case all year round. You need to you need to be focused on your goals and tracking 
like I said, I think that's where the the road ends for everybody. And uh, it was really, really interesting to hear your perspective on on keto. Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool that that's was your introduction to nutrition um, with the lifestyle. And and I think that I think that you can offer a lot of um, great advice and coaching to people who are maybe not so confident with with their macros, especially carbohydrates, especially people that have done certain types of diet, whether it be keto or not, intermittent fasting, you name it. I think I think you're a great fit for those people coaching wise. Um, and I think I think you have a lot to offer nutrition wise because of your experience with that. I think there's a lot of people that have dabbled in this stuff that need help getting on the right track. Um, so that's really cool to know that you can help them. And uh, like I said, you guys, you can't, you don't know what this guy looks like, but he's the real deal. Check him out on Instagram. If you have questions about, um, you know, about keto or any of these diets that you've dabbled in, um, he, Hunter's a great guy to ask about it. Definitely shoot him a DM and talk to him. Like you said, uh, he's he's fresh off of off of getting his training cert. Um, even while being in the military. So I know, I know he'd like to help a lot of people and it sounds like you, you definitely have a lot uh, to offer in terms of that. So um, I appreciate having you on and yeah, talking and uh, we'll definitely, definitely do this again sometime. 100%. Thank you, man.